Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Token Podcast. I'm your host and sometimes referee, the friendly neighborhood, Zach Stad Pearson. And today I'm joined by the doctor who is not strange. He who gives his two cents, but got more than 50, a one exile. Exile, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hey, thanks very much for having me. I would call myself a, a burgeoning YouTuber. I've been streaming for about two years or so through a, a variety of games, a lot of the Dark Souls FromSoft series, and a lot of the brawling games uh, through Platinum and Capcom. Oh, I see, uh, we have I'm a man of taste. In... <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'm interested in learning what I can uh, do in terms of editing videos and getting stuff together. Uh, and I also have a lot of passion for politics, and I'm really hoping I can uh, bring good political takes uh, up onto YouTube and hopefully get hurt. I want to connect with people. Good political takes. Uh, I wish you luck. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you ain't hurting for money, but that stuff, as they say, you go woke, you go broke is not a joke. No <laughs> pun intended. Um, that being said, uh, for those of you wondering, there will be links in the description on all platforms, not just YouTube. So you can expect to, if you're interested in following Exile, you can expect to look in the description section of Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, anchor and a bunch of other places i'm probably forgetting itunes so if you want to get more connected involved with him in any way shape or form go to any of those links you see before you or the one at the end of the screen all right so um just so we're clear i'm gonna go over the most basic of basic rules again i'm not saying you do any of this but i say this to any new people as a bit of a disclaimer number one your opinion is your opinion my job inherently is not to make you sound dumber or smarter than you already are but based on the conversation we had well off cam so to speak you seem pretty smart to me my job is essentially to listen to what you say however if you ask me for a question that i may know the answer to and it conflicts with yours i'm gonna give it to you but only when you ask um yes you can use four letter words as previously mentioned and anyone who's been here a long time knows I'm on YouTube as a hobby, me and my friends on here as a hobby. We are not looking to make this our primary source of income. And even if we did do something like that, we would probably not do it until we broke at least 1000 subscribers. And we got us uh, maybe a Patreon or monthly subscription following of at least a hundred people with a five buck minimum. I know that's a little bit more long-winded than you care for, but I'm saying it because it needs to be out there because apparently I haven't said this on a video in like four or five years. So people forget. So yeah, um, say what you want and how you want. Uh, the only guidelines I would give you and restrictions are those of traditional YouTube. So uh, do not in seriousness, you know, imply or make a joke about murdering someone unless you can prove verbatim for sure that you are saying it in a jocose manner. You know, if you say you would love to wring the neck of Justin Bieber, no one's going to give you crap about it. But if you say, I want to go and assassinate Obama, here's how I'm going to do it. That's when we may have a problem and by extension, so will YouTube. Um, other than that, yeah, we have no subject matter and topic restrictions. In fact, if you want to come on later date and suggest topics to talk about stuff, there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, we did that for many, many a year before you even found out about our channel. Um, with that being said, do you have any questions for me before we get started? Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, on terms of the uh, suggestions of violence, so long as we steer clear of Alex Jones, we'll be good. Oh, I'm glad you said that, because if there's somebody <laughs> who I'd like to make my personal punching bag, it's Alex Jones. Ha 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 ha. Joke, joke. Ha ha ha. Yep. So, uh, all right, let's get into the topics real quick. <clears throat> the gamification of gambling being presented to children. Impossible methods to get parents to, and, and possible methods to get parents to pay attention because politicians won't 
or can be paid to turn a blind eye, or the ones that are noble enough to do something have to go through dirty ones to get it done. Should gaming companies be run by people who themselves aren't inherently good at understanding their own market slash non-gamers? If you don't trust or respect a gaming company, do you think it's wrong to make your own version of their characters that you do like and put them in your own titles? Personally, would love your opinion on that because I'm kind of sort of the person that question is directed towards. Um, <laughs> and what's your goals on YouTube? A hobby or something more ambitious? That being said, while you're answering number one, I'm going to go and fix all those massive typos. <laughs> yeah so uh starting off on uh games going into this gambling idea and being presented to children it's true that in america we don't really have the the will politically to take action on this and historically of course anything that the politicians in congress are doing about gaming is usually just shouting at it uh we had the the lieberman stuff decades ago and uh, not not too long ago, it's folks blaming gun violence on violent gaming, which I think is much oh, yes. more of a deflection than mm -hmm. anything about being productive. Uh, and of course, while we're floundering, the, the European Union is actually taking action on this, creating standards. And thankfully, we see ripple effects of that because anybody who's producing games generally wants to be in that market too. So they're adjusting their standards to kind of uh, help match up with that. Uh, as far as uh, getting parents to pay attention and wise up on that, that's really tricky. I know that there are a few different state-level legislations, and I think that's where you're likelier to get action, because you usually get a bit, a bit more uh, bipartisan activity at the state level, where they change the rules regarding what kind of notifications have to be in a phone system or something like that before uh, a kid can run a card on it. Right. And that helps a lot, you know, if you've got these premium currencies that are divorced from the actual money, kids running up however much bills. So I, like I think I'm there's a, a that divorced from actual money. That's really good. Yeah, no, it's a that's like one of the top tactics. Uh, it's between that and the the delayed gratification is so much of how these um, systems run. Uh, I think also there's a bit a bit of the YouTube scene. I think needs to be a bit more i mean i don't i don't necessarily want to rag on people for this because it's kind of it's kind of the grind and, and folks got to eat i but understand but I also really do not, don't forget they're never going to see this so you can name names if you want to oh uh, whichever way it's it's a, it's like a general case i just wish people would stop promoting raid shadow legends and other junk like that <laughs> that's so oh, man. clearly <laughs> venomous and they're forking over money to pull people into their products that they can get you know, popular YouTube personalities to promote this this stuff. And it's not necessary. It's it's gambling, more or less. It's not against other people. You're not getting money, but it's these gotcha game systems. They are pulling people in. They're having YouTubers shill for it, and that's capturing them the Zoomer market. So the amount of attention span parents can have for this, you have this issue with gaming for parents to pay attention to, Parents are being told they need to pay attention to stuff going on in schools. There's all the propaganda around things parents need to be alarmed about because we've got a very uh, alarmist media. But yeah, it's profiting it, unfortunately. Really, mm -hmm. But the people who actually are like boots on the ground to do something about this is the gaming community. So if we really want to try and uh, clamp down on this and and keep things honest, we need gamers to make sure they're not promoting 
uh, raid Shadow Legends to make sure they are being cautious about promoting. Uh, what's that? What's that big one like? Waifu's Breath of Wild. Gen oh, um, Genshin Impact. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish I wish people would not promote Genshin Impact. I think that is that is part of the toxic element out there, and and it's and we all know EA is is scummy and bad, and it's the steady like creep of like capital capital rush where they just drain the life out of stuff to to pull more profits out of it. Yeah, milk till they, death. They put, it's like a yep, company model. Put developers into these shorter cycles where it's way easier to add cosmetics to a product than it is to add actual systems and content to a product. And then that turns out the money. They just get in the whales. The amount of money that you can spend on FIFA is ridiculous. Just completely. It's just way out there. Uh, but I think, yeah, I think a lot of the control for that is just not going to happen politically. And I think trying to make parents aware of it is a losing game because I don't think you have a better vector to parents than you do to kids. Yeah, in terms it's, it's, of like a YouTube creator space. I hate to say it, but I mean, I totally agree. Now, like I said, I'm well aware I've got too many years of content and specifically as a podcaster, when I was doing long formats more habitually, um, we at a bare minimum, I know we talked about it 17 occasions because it's not that we hated it. We did, but because it was so prevalent and it looked like the EU and places like that were doing something about it. But then we started yeah. whining about what, what is the holdup here? And then we found out it's not even that these big corporations are paying off politicians, which let's be honest, that's going to happen at some point. It was more like these mugs don't even know it's happened. They don't yeah. know that it exists. And um, politicians, they can they can barely understand the problems that Facebook causes. I think they've pulled Zuckerberg and some other uh, yeah, three times. I watched talking them. heads. Yeah. Time and time again, they, they put them up on the stand and they can barely and, understand what these people are telling them. Yeah, And then they ask very basic questions that half of the other ones look like, are you an idiot? How do you not know this? Uh, one yeah. of the more famous examples of when I first started realizing this is a big issue but not because of the traditional reason like oh this is bad for people is because no we have politicians that can't even register this is bad for people is ted lu uh bless that man's soul by the way oh, ted lu uh spoke to some somebody who was in charge of a search engine company it was either google or somebody like that and he asked him why is it that when my name shows up in this place it shows well he didn't want to say it but negative things that make him look like a terrible human being and he says, mm -hmm. uh, we didn't specifically target you. We don't know who you are. We just repeated the information. Those websites had to put that information up about you and we just pulled it up. And then it got time for Ted Lou to talk. And then Ted mm -hmm. Lou said, for those who can't seem to figure it out, the reason that it's coming up like this is because you've done bad things. If you don't want bad things to show up in your search engine, you just don't do bad things. I'm barely paraphrasing what Ted Lou said. I died oh, laughing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and no, um, the owner Ted of Luke, Katie Porter Heroes, man. Yeah, and uh, the more, more recently, well, not recently, like three years ago, but no one caught it but me because it was in one sentence. Um, Matt Pat of Game Theory Popularity spoke mm -hmm. to the actual, you know, person running YouTube, the CEO lady. I forgot her name. And she said sometimes it's actually hard to talk to them, not because, you know, we don't have a lobbyist, but some of these politicians who are in charge of the nation don't have cell phones now don't get me wrong first off 
you're a big corporation. Why are you trying to have a private ass conversation? But she didn't actually mean it like that. She meant that you can only get a hold of them through traditional business hours, nine to five on their business line to try to get something as serious or important as, you know, any severe legislation that could affect children in this in this in this nation on a very quick scale and normalize terrible behavior. You can't get a hold of them, even if it's actually important, not a corporate bias after uh, if if their voicemail is full. Are you serious? Yeah. And she and you was got, very you got serious. regular people working a nine to five who have to be like hawkishly over their phones and their off hours in case they get called in for whatever. They have yeah. no flexibility. Yeah, don't even, I'm not saying. Yeah, no, I'm saying that they shouldn't the world, be not available. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and I'm saying like I don't think they should be harassed habitually. Yes, they work for me, but first off, again, I've been a federal agent or a state agent, if you will, multiple times. I've been on both sides of the coin. I am not beholden to one individual in the state. I am beholden to the state, and by extension, I am beholden to the federal government. So when I tell you when I'm off duty or I'm not doing something, hey, I don't do anything for you. Yeah, I pay your, I pay, I pay my taxes. You work for me. It's like no, I don't. I work for the state or I work for the federal government. And uh, they look at me like, well, I'm a part of the state and so am I. And can I tell you what to do? They look at me like a chicken with a head cut off. <laughs> I get it. People need to have boundaries, but this isn't even that. When there's an emergency yeah. that needs emergency legislation, if you just aren't there that day or another politician thinks it's an emergency situation, you just can't do nothing. That disturbs me greatly. Yeah. That's why. And oh my God, it's, it's so frightening because... I mean, some big Genshin players, they openly promote it directly or indirectly, whether they're paid or not. They also wear the characters' costumes. They go to conventions as these characters, and they love the characters, and I understand that. But they completely yeah. forget, hey, listen, do you understand that you basically just confirmed you have been gambling since before you were a child and you're okay with that it's i forget who said it but it's basically if you normalize a negative behavior or the negative setting when someone grows up they expect peace to be peace to be the disturbing point in time in their life and i don't yeah. remember who said it but they were so right that's that's wise words yeah um well, um, uh, it's nice to know how you feel about it, and I'm. Uh, it's kind of sad, but I think we both shared a similar sentiment of, well, it can happen, but we have to figure out how to light a fire under their ass. But the problem is, no one knows how to light said fire. Um, yeah. uh, I do think at the state level, you you get a bit more accountability, a bit more flexibility. But I think you know, generally, younger people, people who don't have a lot of money, don't have a lot of time, don't necessarily know how to get involved. I, I think I. I I struggle at like seeing how I can get involved or what I can do. There's phone banking, uh, but so yeah, it's phone that's, banking. That's a that's like a that's a that's a goal for later in life for me. Um, I, I'm I'm engaged in enough projects right now, and this is kind of speaking a little bit to a later question. But I'm going to be doing a hard shift to do something more political with my life around starting middle of 2024. Oh, I mean, well, more power and to I'll you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you in question four a bit more what I got going on with that. <laughs> I don't want to jump around your schedule too much. No, no, I, I totally understand. And you know, uh, I mean, like we tell everybody, uh, if there is a way that we can promote it or you can use us to get your message of whatever you want across, we don't mind helping. Sometimes it's just a crossover video. Sometimes it's, hey, can you video edit this for me at this day? Blah blah blah. And it's fine either way. You wouldn't be the first. You wouldn't even be the hundredth person I've done it for. I'm, I'm, I'm used to it. 
Um, all right. So moving into question number two, should gaming companies be run solely by people who themselves aren't inherently good at understanding their own market, AKA should gaming companies on any scale be run by non-gamers? So this is a, this is an interesting bit to get into. And I think there's, there's two sides of this coin. So I think it is great and awesome if you can have gaming companies that are actually run by gamers. And I think the best games you get come out of people who play their own games. So Final Fantasy XIV, I know the lead dev on that. Good example. His full name, but he, he goes, uh, it's Yoshi P. He yeah. plays his own game and you can tell. And everything he's coming out with and talking about, you know 100% he's invested in the product he's putting out. And World of Warcraft, I think almost certainly hasn't been getting that kind of love since they got acquired by Blizzard and that game went into a huge decline that they're now kind of scrambling to reclaim any kind of credibility with the mix of their office culture uh, coming to light. Uh, office culture. Mm. Yeah, um, that's one way to as put well it. As, uh, yeah, as well as the very, very aggressive monetization of their game. It's grading at people for a very long time, especially the monetization of the classic servers they put out. Uh, see, it's it's so clear how uh, this aggressive corporatization and these acquisitions have damaged the uh, games as a product. And I know that most of the best experiences I've gotten out of gaming over the last several years have all come from the indie scene. And I think we're seeing Took kind of the words almost right out of my mouth. Totally strangle out and die. Yeah, the number one game I've been recommending to anybody and everybody is Outer Wilds, not Outer Worlds, Outer Wilds. It's uh, it's like a puzzle space exploration uh, type of thing. It's a really unique experience. It's one of those games you gotta, you wanna play it for yourself, then you wanna watch other people play it on and on and on, because you can only play it once, it's a puzzle game. Uh, but that was, that was truly memorable. And AAA studios are putting themselves under constraints that won't let them produce those kinds of experiences, generally speaking. We're, we've got Starfield up and coming, and I have zero expectations for Starfield to be uh, any kind of good. Uh, yep, that's the one. Okay. You got, uh, you got campfires in space. Yeah, I just want to make sure because, you know, I want to try to time certain elements of what we both say to imagery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's legit. Um, yeah, so Starfield, I think, is uh, my only expectations for that game is that it's going to be a new tool for modders because I don't think Bethesda makes complete products anymore for the most part. That's not even studios, I think, don't do that. That's not even a joke. That's more like just an objective fact at this point. Yeah. That's just how it is. And, you know, I can respect the product for being that, but it's you still need to be I a mean, good product. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and and maybe to some extent that does speak to uh, somebody at the corporate level understanding their market. I think the the most recent example of it that I think is really salient is uh, the stuff about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and the open gaming license. Oh man, I do yeah, that was a big one. There's so yeah. much salt right now. Oh yeah, and the news came out just today, like hours ago, it was breaking that the internet won. Uh, so Wizards oh. is going to be releasing the entire uh, systems reference document, the SRD for D&D 5th uh, edition under a Creative Commons license. And that's ironclad. You know what D &D I call that? Open, baby. 
I'll call that Xbox. They got Xbox. I don't know if you remember the Xbox one. I don't play the Xbox systems, but even I thought this was hilarious. But when the Xbox one came out, they literally made it so the system could only work online. And on top uh, of the system. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Everyone don't remember, I don't ask, I don't that. really respect Jeff Keighley, but he had one of the best videos about it because it was so troublesome mm -hmm. that they were trying to like flag people down so they could talk it up while they were at E3. And Jeff Keighley went over there, so hey, we got blah, blah, blah from Xbox, and he wants to tell us about the system. So then he tells them, oh, yeah, um, you won't be able to actually use the system after 24 hours. It needs to be online all the time. You have to do dish check, blah, yep. blah, blah. So then he says, okay, well, here's the problem. What happens when somebody wants to play uh, their 360 game in the system? Oh, well, then they can just play the 360. We're, uh, we don't need to We don't need to worry about those. Oh, so what oh, you're saying man. is everyone who ha everyone should just buy it and keep their three Xbox 360. I think we're done here. And then he just cuts <laughs> them off and leaves. Oh, my oh, God. It was man. hilarious. And then my oh, favorite yeah. continuation. So Sony... Same situation. They was like, man, X, they screwed up so bad. We got to capitalize. I think it was literally the CEO at the time, Kaz Harai. They put up a small little black tent in the PlayStation 4 booth. They're and they said, and they just made a video saying how to share and utilize a PlayStation 4 game that someone that someone else owns or that is used. He just picks it up off the table and he hands it to some random person we never even got the name of. And the end shows up. I was like, oh my God. This is epic. Bro, I'm literally going to find that just to put this in this video later. I think uh, I think Ubisoft a while back was also catching L's for their um, their aggressive like DRM on some of the Assassin's Creed games. I don't know if they ever backpedaled on that or if that continues to this very day. <laughs> yeah, um, I actually yeah. kind of got into um, all the situation with learning how these companies underbellies were. I think for a lot of people, Riot Games was really the first big wake up call, but that wasn't a big wake up call for me. For me, it was when someone, when I told somebody what was going on at Activision Blizzard, and they says, oh, well, hopefully the state doesn't lose too much money. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, oh, we own a portion of it. It's like, I was like, what? So then I, I looked into it. Apparently, the state treasury of Illinois is one of the shareholders in Activision. And because they know that these game companies essentially piss money, right? That's it's insane. Yeah, but here's the thing though. They don't know what the work culture is like, but because yeah. of how our laws are, they have to have a full disclosing of legal issues of this type. They mm. made it an official video on the PlayStation 4. Okay, here it is, it's 22 seconds. I'm gonna just let you look at that. Um, and this came out literally the same within three hours after oh. Xbox yeah, it came out within three hours after Xbox said, oh, you won't be able to use anybody else's games or used games. You got to rebuy them just to have, get access to them. Oh, this is how oh, you use savage. Yeah. Oh, they've got like the PowerPoint angle going on. It <laughs> yeah, They literally just made this when they heard about it at E3. They're still at it. You can hear E3 going on in the background. Um, if if the internet is if the internet is dragging us down, that's one thing. But we get this. This is pretty. This is pretty solid. Nine million views. I love the clapbacks. So yeah. good. Yeah. Um. So, uh, my state had a very exclusive perspective on it because we we were allowed to be alerted to a a, a bit of a larger extent. And a lot of people don't oh. know this. Now, I'm not saying this was suppressed by them because they want to fix their image and they want to hide their not even fix. I'm sorry. They want to hide their image. Yeah. I can't say that legally so i'd say allegedly it was suppressed but 
I started realizing real quick as I talked to some of my friends and even some of the YouTubers I know, the ones who actually deal with any form of gaming related news and journalism, they didn't even know that yeah. uh, the Treasury of Illinois actually owned a, a sizable portion of Activision Blizzard. Yeah, that's news to me. That's yeah. that's that's insane. <laughs> I don't know if we still own a piece of it, but basically, you know, um, lawsuits were happening left and right. Some of the shareholders uh, even got to collectively sue the company, but the amount they got was pennies or here's the thing i've always thought was yeah. weird if a shareholder sues a company that they get money from did the company really lose money yeah 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 so you gotta think like if you if you have a if you have the government essentially invested in a business that's an immediate conflict of interest if that business does something shady yeah so i was like let me start looking into this and it turns out there are a lot of companies where people have openly admitted online aren't even hiding it hey listen the work culture here is terrible. It's not even necessarily because there's a pig or some sex offender who hasn't been charged running around. It's because management basically wants HR to do nothing but sit on their ass and collect a check. Yep. And like we got we have problems in this country like wage theft uh, outstrips all other forms of theft. But the enforcement for that is just like, oh, whatever. We don't we don't really clamp down on that. Yeah, the state treasury. Um, here's a link to it. But um, and it's one of those things that genuinely terrifies me because you got to understand, I know we don't really know each other, but I do a lot of things or rather I have a lot of things that I want to eventually lead into a career. So I'm throwing everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. And one of the first things on that list, besides working for or with a license, of a franchise in entertainment that I like, doesn't matter if it's gaming or anything else, is on some level working alongside these companies. And that terrifies me a little bit because let's be honest, there's a complete difference as we know between what a company produces and the people and persons in charge of the company. But when it's gaming, it's almost different because let's say, for example, now I'm not saying this has happened. I just want this to be clarified. This is a hypothetical. Let's say I, as an independent game developer, I get big enough to where I can afford to get a license to potentially do some crossover material with Final Fantasy VII. I don't know, maybe we'll just say Buster Swords or just some weapons or some enemy iconography I'm allowed to use right, right. in Square Enix. And I and I go online and I talk about how I've been a Final Fantasy fan for my almost my whole life. Seven was a gateway drug in the RPGs for me, like many other people. And you know, yep. I am no different from the average fan. I'm just the one who got to use the property and I will humbly respect this company's property. And then the next day, you know, it turns out that the CEO knew that 90% of the game designers who were working at the company were Right. Yep. Yep. And then you're now, gonna have to deal with that fallback, uh, with that fallout, because whatever what you've invested your creative energy in is about to take a nosedive. Yeah. Like I think uh, this stuff coming out about uh, Justin Roiland, everybody oh, yeah, who's been but, putting in oh, their work at that game studio that put out, I understand, a pretty good game. Until uh, I mean, after the first ten minutes, not really, but yeah. No, <laughs> I haven't well, like, booted it up myself. Literally, he does not shut up in the whole <laughs> game, and you can't turn it off uh, i think there's a menu slider uh that nope. tones it down but like what's the point yeah it's pc mod and then the worst part is is that uh -huh. it's not like beautiful joe ironically um uh -huh. when you pause it it asks you are you gonna go pee or hey guys we're on break something playful like that 
it tries to actively insult you for almost three minutes for pausing, unpausing, and unpausing the game. <laughs> oh boy! But you know, I mean, it's it. Yeah, and we're we're learning now. There's a. Uh, kind of some some craziness uh going on behind that design oh, vision, uh, but, yeah know. i could have told you a long time ago but we didn't know each other um <laughs> it's kind of weird but a lot of the biggest problems and successes that cartoon network and nickelodeon have right now in their animation division is because of one person who literally ignored everything that they told them to do and then they kept they they didn't fucking fire him it's weird yeah, and then when sense. they get to justin roiland a guy who mind you you guys aren't going to hear this part in the recording uh a guy who <laughs> when he had millions of dollars and could have got a lyft or an uber or a driver's license my first thought and mind you i heard about this three or four years ago my first thought was oh shit they accidentally hired somebody who was mentally unstable and has a multitude yep. of conditions that he is not getting any form of medication for. Yeah. This man is a true nerd. <laughs> and then what happened with the game company? Apparently this game was almost delayed two and a half years. There was technical problems. Nope. He had a lawsuit with one of his only female employees because literally from the day she uh. got there. Mm -hmm. So literally I'm just looking at this like they're, Cartoon Network is going to have a rude awakening and they're finally going to fire somebody and not fuck with them instead of giving them a talking to and then they ditch the company. Hopefully they actually fire oh. this guy. And they did. Well, I think Cartoon Network is a, is in a bind too because of their um, being acquired. Is they, they, had a, they had a bunch of content that was going up on HBO Max, uh, oh, Infinity Train. Train. I was really watching, very into. And they started pulling a lot of that content. Uh, and it was some kind of tax dodge nonsense by the parent company. So a lot of these was. animators, yeah, a lot of these animators coming out of the woodwork, being like, "Hey, uh, I I worked on this for years of my life, and and that work is now not accessible to anybody. I, I don't even have a portfolio anymore because I've been screwed over." Yeah, there's an entire Scooby Doo movie that was completed, and Scooby Doo movies are notorious for making a very low amount of seven figures, but they're technically still profitable, and they just didn't release it they completely shelved the movie um now i actually do know what's going on over there not because i have connections over there but oh well, i do but i knew even before then because it was very blatantly obvious but then it got confirmed um idiots believe oh yay wb is getting rid of left-winged woken blah 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 bullshit which is a total lie because oh, yeah, first and no. foremost there's a difference between shit storytelling and shit writing becoming popular with people who have shit perception of quality, an ephemeral title even at that, or an ephemeral adjective even at that, versus someone who's just a hardcore conservative screwing up everything. And the and they always say, yeah, they're in the anti-Disney and all this other crap. And I was like, no, no, stop lying. I know you're lying. Because first and foremost, the reason Marvel is making so much money is because of a conservative. Bob Iger is a hardcore conservative. Who did he hire? Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige is not. But guess what? That means that any popular, cool thing you like, whether you claim it's woke or not, it's because of a conservative man who wanted to make a lot of money because the smart thing to do yeah. was to make good stories because yeah. left and right didn't matter in a good story. Yeah, but then Bob, what does the I, internet say? I think Bob Iger is definitely one guy who's got the money first. And, yeah. and he's not well, going to let I mean, He's a CEO of way. Disney. He, we know yep. he loves money. 
Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't even, I'm not even saying that derogatorily. It's still technically oh, offensive, yeah. but he's a CEO of Disney. He loves money. And yeah. then I see all these people on YouTube make up these lies. And some of the people who work on this stuff, I actually have access to. So I'm just like, bro, this doesn't even seem like, is this, is this, does this feel real? He's like, listen, you got to understand people lie for profit. I was like, why are you acting yeah. like, I don't know that I'm a 33 year old man. I was like, no, you yeah, don't understand. Right. People will assume that they're right. And they don't care if they're wrong or not. They they care if someone will actually prove it to them or not. And if no one is around to do it because they're so low on the food chain, idiots repeat the stuff. So there's people, like he said, it's a Gundam. Um, and that dude who always claims he got hardcore information in secret on Star Wars, Doom Clock. Don't get me wrong. A, blo- a broken clock, no pun intended, is right twice yeah. a day. Who've been spreading lies about, oh, Disney got woke and that's why everything sucks right now, but it really doesn't. And they're making ridiculous amounts of money, especially right. with Marvel. And then, oh, haha, James Gunn went to the other side and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, James Gunn respects and loves both Marvel and Disney. His relationship has not been sour. But here's the thing that people forget the current CEO of Warner Brothers, or at least the entertainment aspect of it. Yeah, that guy came from a background in reality TV network. He has no entertainment background, which kind of is why I brought up this question in the first place. But because that guy has no background, he can also see common sense stuff. This sells. This doesn't sell. This has a history of sucking and we don't make profit. This has a history of not sucking and we make profit. So even without James Gunn that I think it's fine if that kind of person is owning the gaming company, as long as they're paying attention to the consumer. Yeah, and which he is, and even if you, and this is what I mean about the difference between common sense and lies. He knows, even though he's never produced a film, to my knowledge, or and he's never been a director confirmed, or writer confirmed, or an actor confirmed. This guy know. Okay, DC makes a lot of stuff that is horrendously terrible, and we need to cut some corners to save money. Not just because I want to maintain my fat paycheck, but because there's a lot of unnecessary bloat that we can cut because a lot of stuff is terrible. People make content about it being terrible. And some people only look at it because it's terrible. And we don't want to intermingle this with HBO Max, essentially, right? So he did cut stuff for tax, for, for tax, but he also did cut stuff because it had a history of being fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. And then he sense. got James Gunn because James Gunn was technically a free agent and he asked him, hey, can you please fix this hot mess? And James Gunn said yes, which means oh, James yeah. Gunn is essentially the Kevin Feige of DC now. So what yeah, is that's a, what that's is a Kevin, great, uh, yes. secondary Kevin Feige to pick up? No, yes, crazy. and I'm very happy about somebody who started as humbly as he did in the world of filmmaking. Yes, he is a little bit too much nepotistic, but that's not a negative trait. Technically, that's a negative trait in business. But yeah, if he gets the work done. Better yet, if he makes a good product, people aren't going to give him that much crap like they will Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah, I said it. But here's the (laughs) thing that makes James Gunn different from Paul W.S. Anderson besides age and common sense. It's because he still at his core wants to make a good product. And because he wants to make a good product, he wants to make a good entertainment. If he makes a flop, it's a genuine mistake. When WB makes a flop, we expect it, which is a sad thing to say. Yeah. Because there's too much of this. Oh, Marvel did it. Let's do it. And then on the verse, on the reverse angle, sometimes, not all the time. Oh, DC has that. Let's do that too. It's way less common over there. Um, yeah. But I. That's why I was. That's actually how this question was born. I saw too many people lying on James Gunn. Yeah. 
And I also knew some people who worked in like actual BTS production and they would say, oh, well, the script or the people on the set were trying to be leftist, woke is blah, blah, blah. First off, if you're left, right, if you're left wing and you're working on a film production, you're quiet. Not because it's a secret. It's just because it has no effect on the production. Mm -hmm. You wanting everybody to have a government option for insurance free healthcare that doesn't affect the next tom cruise movie that comes out and it's only yeah. going to come up in water cooler conversations so that's how i know a lot of these people learn because their excuse for why something sucks is because it's woke i was like no sometimes like most things something sucks because of a collective of factors that have nothing yeah. to do with a political leaning stop mm -hmm. trying to make something that sucks that you like suck because quote unquote it got political don't get me started on the little mermaid but you know <laughs> that's enough about how i feel about oh that's oh, man, enough about the origin of this question but, about that when the movie's not even out yet like what are you even talking about no my favorite part was i kept telling people before that movie came out i bet you i can find a hundred people who say that the movie is now terrible because ariel oh, yeah. is a different tint then and they won't even see the movie than actual people who saw the movie and liked it i was right before the second trailer came out that was Man, funny to every, me. every time like i see that coming up i like there's people who are who are, are passing hate out about it but i see like they have they have the the clip reels and stuff where they've got little girls reacting to the trailer saying like she's like me i get choked up about that man that's so precious oh yeah me too and, I, and don't get me wrong i'm a creole but i know what i look like when i go outside when i see <laughs> any other fellow minorities of any tent see say something like that i understand what they mean and sometimes i've even had to explain to my caucasian friends but that's yep. kind of what happens you're the majority in this country it might not yep. easily be interpreted for you but i wholeheartedly get it same with the boondocks we're not going to go there because that's its own episode one day but i have a lot of friends <laughs> who i they will i will watch the boondocks with them and i'll say listen i will answer all your questions when it's over let me enjoy the funny right now and i will explain something to them don't, don't or, interrupt the show just don't yeah do or it. i will explain hey I know you don't register this as racist, but don't go around saying this because it is. It's just extinct racism. Racism's not extinct. I was like, and they're trying to say this like a matter of factly, like I don't know. This I'm like, yes, you idiot. But there are terms that can go extinct. However, the inability to recognize a term can also mean it can be revived. So that's why I tell people the bone docks is a the greatest blessing and the greatest curse because the boondocks is internationally syndicated that means we've introduced extinct racism to entire countries that otherwise would have literally never even known various concepts but at the same time there's this general consensus with people of not trying to just say the word out right it's asking your friend hey is this thing racist i appreciate that because yeah. i have to explain the raccoon situation a lot for someone in the the 21st century to people who are also at the time in their teenage years and 20s but to be fair that's a hallmark of you know the ability yeah. to eradication because remember that hadn't up until the boondocks that had left the public consciousness for close to 40 or 50 years yep so that means that there is the possibility of making racism extinct however hey that ain't gonna happen in my lifetime but Doesn't yeah um that's enough uh, on the tangent of how this question came to be. But uh, yeah, go ahead and finish your thought on, um, you know, people vert people who know the industry versus not the industry working on owning companies. Yeah, I think uh, I think in a lot of ways uh, you're more entrenched in this than I am. I think it's 
I think like there there are a couple success stories that we can see on on either side of this fence. So I don't think it's impossible for somebody who's just like a corporate head to run a gaming company. And I think gamers are are probably a bit more responsive and a bit more tuned in than perhaps uh, other markets. Like a, a social media, uh, you can have um, somebody insane uh, running a social media app, and it won't necessarily crash. But I think if you if you are a truly <laughs> that's a good person, one right there. <laughs> yeah, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, we do. Yep. But you have a, a truly insane person running a gaming company, and eventually that seems to come out. And um, I, I think it's whether whether or not gamers are woke or however much is in there, like Gamergate, blah blah blah. Uh, I think as a as a culture and as a community, I think gamers are somewhat in tune with that kind of stuff, and and there will be a real backlash. And if nothing else, uh, corporate heads and that kind of folk uh, pay attention to how much to, to the bottom line. So as long as the, as long as that needle is moving a certain way, I think there is a possibility to change the culture. Uh, it might be too late to do anything about Activision. Uh, I encourage everybody, yeah, don't yeah. buy the next Diablo. Like, just don't do it. You know, you know what it's going to be. So, it's a fucking Diablo mobile gotcha money game. Yep. It's okay, but I, um, I think it's I think it's possible for it all to to come out in the wash. Oh well, yeah, the way I see it, I mean, if the guy at the top is the reason everything is happening, he's not going to get rid of himself. It's ironic. I don't know if you noticed now, but as anti-union as giant corporations are, because they love money, um, CEOs have their own little union. It's just not called the union. It's called the contractual obligation. So yeah. That's they right. literally may not be able to get rid of him. Phil Spencer, with all the power he has, not in the gaming industry, period, mm. can't actually necessarily get rid of that dude. So yeah. realistically, the only thing you can do is de-platform them or the board has to vote him out. And the only way to do that is if they see that he's the reason they're losing money. But that's not going to happen, right. unfortunately, when you can pay hundreds of millions or billions of dollars and not even feel it to have Gen Z think you're the next you know you're the next jesus christ that's true because you can you just buy popularity it's, yeah uh, uh, i mean information is sometimes a better currency than currency and you know and selling out is unfortunately it's not an industry but it's profitable i don't know if um yeah. you've heard of uh well i won't even say the lgbt backlash it's more like the the attempted manipulation of the lgbt community again now just so we're clear i am not lgb plus yeah, LGB plus or anything like that. But I live in North mm -hmm. America and I live in a capitalist society. So and in my life, I've seen a lot of people BS and truly not respect them, but want their money. So oh, yeah. last year or either the year before that, no, it was last year. Um, they had got in trouble, like I think two months before, uh, you know, pride celebrations were becoming very prevalent because, you know, a lot of them happened in the summer or something. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. They paid or they told their quote unquote LGB plus staff come outside take a picture they didn't tell them what it was for or something like that and they immediately posted uh -huh. up like hey we respect all lgb plus community community members and also our own staff they were trying to fix their image then they went and got a sellout um sphere hunter if you've heard that name no, no, and no. sphere hunter got a private fucking 
uh showing of the entire studio and got to take pictures and stuff and she went taking pictures next to some of their league of legends material the game that started it all over at riot oh, games yeah. and stuff like that and it was like oh, i was like these guys are trying to milk the lg plus community and people literally in her own comments saying, you know you know this is <laughs> fucked up right do you not know what they did are you serious yeah. blah 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 first and foremost i'm gonna tell you this I pretty much followed Sphere Hunter almost from the first year of her channel's existence. So I know mm -hmm. for a fact that, believe me when I tell you, wasn't a lot of League of Legends or Riot Games shit going on over there. Right? Right, right. So people started just literally asking the question because, you know, they, they maybe assumed yeah. she didn't know because she didn't have a history of even mentioning this shit. Right? Right, right. And I'm actually in that Twitter text. And she says something like, just because a company did something wrong doesn't mean they're not trying to change their rise. Um, Activision or not Activision or whoever owns Riot Games is trying to do what they need to do in order to fix their current company culture. Like that sounds like the most corporate statement ever. And then a lot of people said, nah, this sounds like some bullshit. And and since you said, well, let me ask you, somebody said, let me ask you, did they actually fix any of that or did they say they fixed any of that? And I went and I said, short answer, yes, no. And <laughs> I'm just sitting there for like, and I thought about it, I was like, there's no way in fuck she thought that this was not going to look like selling out or that you're being manipulated. But here's the thing oh, about yeah. the Internet. You can get away with a lot of shit over time. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, Sphere Hunter could have been selling out, but they have the option of saying, well, I didn't know any better, guys. And at the same time, any people will get mad and say, yeah, right. But here's the thing. Everyone knows that half the games that get promoted by people on these different YouTube channels. They're not fucking playing them. They know they're wrong to plan and they'll still promote them. As you mentioned, Raid yep. Shadow Legends, Genshin Impact. Technically, Roblox is a 50-50 toss-up. And that new Mech Warriors one, or whatever it's called. They're not playing these games. They just want the money from promoting them. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, to me, you're still guilty. Because here's the thing. Yep. Whose job is it to look into why anybody wants you to do anything at any point in time? It's your job. If you don't got a manager, you ain't got an agent, and it's their job too. You look and background check and fact check anybody who wants to hire you to promote anything at any point in time. And I know damn well that even if she says she did it, she would have to prove it, which is going to be fucking hard. And two, oh, yeah. if you did do that and you still said, yeah, I'm going to go and take this money. There's no situation where you don't come out looking like you're shady or a sellout. It's either you were being shady on purpose for a check or you were selling out. Ironically, those are two different things by a thin margin. Now, yeah. does that mean I, you know, I hate a uh, sphere hunter? No, but a chunk of my respect is gone. But saying <laughs> as one fan of sphere hunter, you've lost half of the respect I ever had for you means nothing over the course of however long sphere hunter is going to be online and the amount of money people give her to essentially make horror themed content or do critical thinking about various things that she already yeah. likes is she an asshole possibly again we only know an image but the main problem is that right, right. you took the money on purpose and you didn't ask questions and that's a fucking problem that needs to be stopped and i'm not even going to pretend like she's the only person who's done it or guilty of it i'm just saying that's an example that fits the story and I think there's a middle ground of like there are folks who are just trying to get by, like their channel's not pulling in a lot, either because they're not so in touch with what YouTube agrees is acceptable, or AKA the uh, maybe algorithm. they don't have a big following. Hmm? AKA the algorithm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and those folks, if if they're a little on the take, I mean, I can only be so cross about it. 
it's it's difficult to be an ethical consumer in the modern age. It's, yeah, it's just, it's a you lot almost don't have a choice. On. Yeah, uh, but the folks who are then there are the folks who are already making it. They're already you know raking it in, hand over fist. Yeah, they have uh, no excuse. The who will get targeted for getting that kind of message out. So if a company wants to uh, like whitewash its image, they'll pull in somebody who's big, who's already got the cash. And when you've already got the cash, you've got that responsibility to, you need to be responsible with your voice. Yeah, and the worst part is in this country, um, not that I'm beating up America, it doesn't need my help to do that. Uh, you're not technically liable for repeating a sponsored statement or advertised statement if it has false information in it. That company that gave you that statement to say is, which is the ultimate loophole and why it'll never go away yeah. though. But imagine if you were terrified to say something because you need to fact check it first and you didn't have that yeah. safety net. It's kind of, it's kind of ironic. It's, it's, it, we almost remove the person spreading the image. I mean, spreading the terrible message from any ramifications of it that doesn't mean i mean i yeah. think all these people are terrible monsters or something hell matthew right, patrick right. has made advertisements we all know that guy's he's the closest you can get to a true noble um all right moving on uh if you don't trust now this is the one i'm most curious about your answer on because you're oh, not going to yeah. be speaking to me directly but you kind of will be if you don't <laughs> if you don't trust or respect a gaming company do you think that it's wrong to make your own version of their characters that you do like and put them in your own titles mm -hmm. so i think there's like within limits of this of, of course there's like gradations that you can do like you could it, like i think for instance copy pasting cloud strife would not be okay you should probably not have a character that is blonde spiky hair with a buster sword and memory problems and so on and so forth but there yeah. are archetypal parts of characters that are obviously exchanged and everything we do or create is inspired by what we've interacted with and i think as long as it's not a whole cloth lift you're fine and it's it's a it's a game about how many of those attributes have to be pulled before the character is a literal clone and whether or not you would have ownership or access of, of things like that uh, I think one good example of this, of course, the rights for Pinocchio uh, opened up and we got the Disney Pinocchio, which is their same character as he is. And then we got Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio on Netflix, which was fantastic. And naturally, those are both two very different interpretations of the character. They're still both using the name, which, of course, the name you can't take from one of these things. You cannot make a game that purports to have Bayonetta because Bayonetta, the name is there. But if you want to have a game that is um, like badass dominatrix, which fights with hair powers, you probably shouldn't take the hair powers. Everything else about that character, I think you can absolutely steal. Because, uh, you know, fighting with guns is generic enough. Being a witch is generic enough. And the attitude, you can always take the attitude of a character and move on with that. Uh, the parts you just have to watch out for is the name, certain unique power sets and the lore of a character i think the lore of a character is probably in many cases the easiest thing to change some characters already have like super generic lore uh but if you're gonna if you're gonna rip off illidan don't give him war glaives and do not imprison him anywhere for a thousand years 
because then you're taking like the core lines and the elements of the character that make him very specifically that character. But if you want to have like a demon possessed elf uh, who's like flipping around killing demons, he's gonna be be he's gonna be, be blindfolded. I think you could get away with that. Yeah, Just stumbling on words there. <laughs> uh, but I I mean I think um, almost all art is some kind of well you could say it's some kind of theft but i think that's maybe an edgy way of putting it uh, yes. i think i would say inspiration or inspired by yeah. everything we see around us and and it's those inspirations and your experiences that come together and form whatever you're going to make yeah which makes it you know original and unique don't get me wrong yeah. we all know that uh, in the far east world and again just so we're clear not for you but for anyone who's going to hear this i am not trying to stereotype nor am i you know abdicating for stereotypes what i'm saying is is that there's historical significance to this this is not shitting on someone's entire culture but it is very common for the perception of somebody owning a character or an idea to essentially not exist and for it to legitimately be stolen um and it, that even persists persists still today in the 19th century in the 21st century there are people who literally narrowly avoided lawsuits because they straight up stole things from companies that they used to work for or they stole yeah. things from movies and didn't even pretend to hide it because they genuinely were never taught to care but and if you steal their shit they'd be mad at you hideo kojima for everything everyone praises about him is one of the biggest examples he was literally almost sued by it was either the producer or the director of the escape from movie franchise the escape from la and escape from new york because that's where the character came from. And over the years oh, yeah. and over time, he started looking more like him. Yeah, um, yeah he was inspired by Snake Plissken's the character's name, right? Uh, yeah, or his name was just uh, Jake uh, Plissken or something. And uh, uh, then the actual actor spoke to him. Then, luckily, very luckily, that actor went and talked to whoever was trying to sue him and uh, it, got, it got destroyed. But at the same time, let's look at Fire Emblem. Uh, people don't know this because Fire Emblem's popularity history in North America is kind of recent, but yeah, yeah. the actual creator was essentially erased from Nintendo history because they hate him so much because he was literally trying to plagiarize and steal the entire concept of Fire Emblem and characters and put them in a PlayStation game after he left the company. Uh, like he didn't even hide it. They took him to court the first time. They didn't win the second time. They found proof where he said it in hardcover magazine documents. That's exactly what he's doing. And he essentially got erased. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, the name it's hard to prove that sometimes. But yeah. if, if you've got like, they're, they're knights. They, they have swords. There are also archers and mages. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But then he started saying, oh, there's stuff. plans for Marth and other people, you know, to show up in his game. That's on the PlayStation. Uh, and by the way, it was called Emblem Saga. <laughs> yep you can't loot the names that's that's the only thing you could you could literally have a dude and name him garth and he could have almost the same character design and i think he yeah, except you no know, he wears green instead of blue there you go done <laughs> yeah parody is completely different from theft but yep. at the same time you know they don't they genuinely don't care and how many characters in Jap japan's past that are super popular or legendary icons were stolen and they were literally someone else. I don't know how the hell Mike Tyson has met people who dressed up as, well, boxer from Street Fighter 
and didn't realize, hey, idiot, this is you. Yeah, but yeah. apparently it took him 30 years. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. He didn't like yeah. sue Capcom. I'm like, bro, I don't. It's not even that they stole his likeness. That's one thing we already discussed. Yeah. They'll do it on an accident because they they don't know no better. They stole uh -huh. your likeness and then made you a, a villain and a negative character and yep. connotation they and put a negative a image and, on you. And, Something and he suffered with for a literal decades. Stole his name. And then in America, they just shifted between it's uh, it's boxer, dictator and claw that all yeah. have the rotation, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Vega oh, is bison. So the theoretically, um, <laughs> the the reason he's called the M was for Mike Bison, but when it comes to America, it's supposed to be Major, major bison. bison. All right. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like they don't even have to do this anymore. Also, I don't care what country you're from. If you're from North America, or if you even know about the concept of North America, you know ain't nobody's name with that skin tone, <laughs> with that genetic history, who came from a different country like <laughs> Africa, out here naming their kids. You know what? I'm going to name them after our forefathers. Yeah, let's call them Balrog. It just still feels weird. Like, even when I see little yep. kids look at Street Fighters, like, oh, who's that? Who's the boxer guy? Oh, it's Balrog. Balrog? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. And, and he is American, uh, yeah. theoretically. Born and raised. I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, man. So then what the hell is his last name? But, you know, getting a last name from a character who was made in Japan or a full name from a character who was made in Japan is like the equivalent of trying to find a needle in a haystack. It's not yep, that they yep. don't exist. It's just they don't want to acknowledge that they didn't think that far. Yep. Oh, they made they gave Ken a last name because they hate the He-Man people in Mattel for trying to sue them for his likeness. <laughs> okay, so what's his middle name? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, what's Ryu's last and, name? I mean, I mean, oh, yeah, we didn't care about that, so we didn't give him one. Because um, they didn't get the rights for Kona. Yeah, I was like, oh, what's yep. Ryu's last name? Oh, yeah, we didn't care about that, so we didn't give him one. I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> okay. Okay, is Guile's first name Guile or is his last name Guile because he's in the military? Oh, it's his first name. Okay, what's the rest of it? Uh, I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it's in one of our data books. These are actual question answers that they've given over the years with different people yeah. who worked on Street Fighter. I'm just like, this is ridiculously immature. Yep. And I don't mean it in an offensive <laughs> way. I mean it in the, the fact that you haven't thought this far ahead is reminiscent of something a little kid would do. Like they draw a character with a crayon and say, like, hey, this is Destroyer. Okay, what's, what's his last name? Destroyer. What's his first yeah, name? Destroyer. <laughs> it's like, what? Y'all too old for this shit. Y'all put out data books and encyclopedias that give us everything from their age, their favorite foods, and their height, but you still just won't go and fill in the blanks on their names? Yup. Um, okay, moving into the big one that, you know, you, you put oh, a mystery yeah. on. What's your goal on YouTube? Are you looking to just maintain a hobby or are you trying to do something more ambitious? So I was, uh, this is this is one I was thinking about after you uh, posed that to me uh, a couple days prior. And I had kind of kind of two answers for this. And mm -hmm. the first one is that I think being goal oriented is like a weird myth uh, for a lot of people. I think there, there may be a small portion of people who can actually function on being goal oriented and sometimes i think those people are just crazy they're just built different so that they can actually pursue a goal and not worry about whatever happens along the way but i think for the rest of us there's a gap between your efforts and your accomplishments and that yes, gap the real world. is yeah 
And there are some things in that gap you can control. There are some things there that are skills you can be good at, like networking. You can be good at networking or bad at networking. But some of the other stuff there is out of your control, either because it's controlled by like weird corporate suits who determine how the YouTube algorithm works, or because it's just based on others' people's judgments and things that live in their heads and whether or not you take off or get picked up. And if you trouble yourself and if you're thinking about uh, if you're evaluating yourself based on the results you achieve, you are letting that gap control your opinion of yourself. And that's not going to help your work. That's not going to help your attitude. That's not going to help you get through life. So rather than being goal-oriented, I think experience-oriented is what is better to be if you can bring yourself around to that. And if you have the, the, the critical skill to judge the work you're doing your judgment of your work is what's most important. So that's that's the first half of the answer. Uh, and the second half of the answer is, you know, the, the stuff I'm actually up to. Uh, YouTubing, uh, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I love the sound of my own voice. I love looking at my own face. So uh, anytime I can put up a recording and other folks can enjoy it, that is super awesome. And I like to see my opinions embraced and get those get those comments coming in. Uh, and I can I can even do it for a pretty long time, even without getting engagement on stuff, because I'll stream for even just a small clutter of friends. And it lets me like engage with the games I want to play while connecting to, you know, the, a couple of folks I would normally chat with because it's the pandemic or whatever. And some of these people I'm talking to are ex roommates or things like that. Um, and then the surprise uh, third party I'm the same way. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the surprise third part of the answer that um, I was kind of hinting at earlier, um, I said before I do a lot of D&D, I have been running a LARP, um, live action role play. Uh, and I've been running that since about 2017. Uh, so we're planned to conclude that in 2024. We I originally wanted to do it for probably about eight years. We cut it a little short in terms of the, the plot line I was planning, I was working on. And we have about a like a bi-monthly get together for this. We go out, I get a rented park space and we play game from uh, like kind of late Friday until as late as we can manage to stay awake on Saturday. And then Sunday is like the pack up and, and, and chill day. Um, we got a real kick in the pants with COVID, of course, just like everything else. Yeah, I think everybody uh, did. Yep, but I really just wanted to finish the storylines we had in mind and what we were working on. So I'm like, okay, we're going to tighten it up. We're going to rush through a few plot elements, but we're going to make sure we conclude the stories that we wanted to tell, and we're going to wrap it up by 2024. Um, but for me, in terms of plans and goals and things I want to do, uh, a lot of my energy to do stuff and also my finances are bound up in this project of making that LARP happen because every other month I am renting a campgrounds and we are feeding about 20 people for two days and I collect some cash from them to do this. But if I get under a certain player count for a given event, I take a loss. And I've been taking some losses because we had COVID and we had people who couldn't come back and we've yeah. got other circumstances that uh, kind of held us back on being able to turn profit on this little hobby business. I mean, I would also and try I to get a subscription monetize. fee. Yeah. And I don't monetize it aggressively, uh, unlike a couple other game runners 
I've interacted with or I've uh, heard the practices of. Uh, I've seen games that are designed to be kind of pay to win, like it's a D&D type game, but your character can come back a certain can come back to life a certain number of times and then you can pay them at the game for your character to get more experience or for your character to have more extra lives. They found and a way to put pay to win in live action. That's kind of sad. It's scummy, man, and I couldn't stand it. So when I was getting my team together to to build this, uh, that was like the, one of the first things we agreed on and came to. It's like, it's not going to be this pay-to-win junk. We're not going to stand for that. And the, the what I think is really fun about what we've done and what differs a lot from other designs in American play space for this, uh, you, you have kind of a range of these kinds of games where it's either more on the combat sports side or more on the you have like stats and mechanics and it's a long storied campaign that's very much more like a DD game in the long statistical campaign type of thing you can have games where characters are so old and so powerful or they've been playing the game so long that you have content and sessions that really cater to the high level people and the people who are low level who just started playing the game have nothing to do nowhere to go and you might have to you might have to attend sessions of this game uh like um, one month at a time for a year before your character has abilities that matter or anything that's relevant so we came into our design and we're like okay uh a character can have up to eight skills at any given time and you can have more skills in your pocket and we'll let you switch them out but you can only have eight equipped so there's a power cap on the game and we're going to make sure whatever build you want to do or whatever thing you want to be your character's thing, you will be able to access the top tier effects for that no later than your second game session. And if you want to branch out from there, then maybe it'll take you a little longer if you want to chase like three different rabbits. But you'll catch all those rabbits by like four games in and you're just having a good time. We're going to make sure you can do what you want to do. And we're only hosting about, you know, 20 people. There's plenty of game for people to do. We just embrace that kind of wide build where we've got a lot of different, like, intelligence-based things your character can specialize in. We try to keep up uh, the kind of different pillars of gameplay so people can do a variety of, like, I want to be a combative character. I want to be uh, a socially engaging character. I want my character to be able to, like, smith the ultimate sword, so on and so forth. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty passionate. I'm big on this hobby. I got into uh, LARPing myself, I think it was back in 2010 that I started up. And we played in a game for, I think, probably about six years. Yeah. I think I think I played a game for about six years, had a, had a long-running character, and I had a lot of fun with it. And it was over the course of that game, I came out of college weighing a buck 20. And I was... I, I was feeling it, feeling slow and winded and not very good at what I was doing. I was more introverted, not, not as willing to talk to people. And over the course of playing this game, I really jumped into it. Uh, I'm, I gained 30 pounds without looking any worse. <laughs> and I learned to talk to people and it polished up my life. And I really wanted to give other people that chance to challenge themselves. And being in a real space for your role play, I think is so awesome for that. But I've, I'm getting about to the limit of the stories I had in mind to tell with that and what I can do with that. And as a medium to actually reach people, it's okay. 
but I think I'm at a stage now where I want to more directly give people advice on uh, kind of the things I think they should pay attention to um, in their life and kind of the lessons that I've learned. And instead of trying to tease people into those lessons by, um, you know, giving them an ancient tomb to navigate through that happens to teach them a life lesson on the way, I, I just want to jump to the end and tell them a life lesson and tell it to them with uh, a conviction they can hear and that they can understand. And that's how my goals are going to be uh, pivoting and changing after I've gotten through this project and when I'm deciding, you know, what I want to do next. And if I can do that on YouTube as well in my spare time, that would be sweet. You should turn that into a documentary or a, a, some sub content on your channel. The last yeah. LARP, you could literally legit fish. I, 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 now, mind you, I, I know it sounds like I'm thinking legit profit, but no, I'm that person who, if mm -hmm. there, I know there's something I can't do or don't want to do, but I'm curious about how it works. I will lose 10 hours over the course of three or four days learning about it on YouTube. If you yeah. made a, I don't know if you've seen Jenny Nicholson, but essentially, Not if you made a if you made a Jenny Nicholson video about what it's like to LARP and why you do it and how your quest is campaign is ending, you might even build a franchise, let alone find yourself having explosive growth. And I wouldn't be the least bit be jealous. In fact, I would be more happy that it happened because it was my idea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you, you should record some of that with your narration over it. So I don't know if I mentioned this on my channel, but I actually am in love with LARPing. However, due to the pandemic, oh, nice. various life things that have happened, I come to the realization I won't be able to maintain my game. But I'd like to at least talk to you guys about my adventure. Some of you may want to click on this video. Some of you may not. But don't worry. All my other content is still going to happen. And then immediately go into talking about what you just told me. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be pretty good. I've, I've sat down before and I've tried to put together like uh the script for the video that's like okay this is how you larp this is what it is because i think that it's it's difficult to understand perhaps from the outside i think most yes. people <laughs> we wind up pulling into the hobby are because we meet up out on the weekends and we've got a bunch of uh like boffer weapons this big foam swords and shields and we're going at it in practice and some people will be walking by like what are they doing what's What's up with that? How do I get I'm that guy. I'm on? that guy. <laughs> Real talk. Yeah, yeah. No, we'll be like, hey, show up to a spar. We'll teach you the teach you the basic rules. Bring yourself some knee pads as you're gonna fall down. Uh, and you know, we'll see uh we'll see if you can have some fun. We certainly do. So, you know. Yeah. Um so Jenny Nicholson essentially does long-winded documentaries about the origin and history of whatever thing the video is about but because of that her content output is slow however you're in a unique position since you don't just do that alone exclusively you could spend however much time you want on this and then once you finished it you've still had you know dozens of months of content you know in between then so i strongly recommend it but again hey it's your channel uh, yeah. and, I and I'm, I can only give advice. I'm not telling you what to do, but you have the potential to pick up a massive, massive ass market. And who knows, you know, if you got Patreon or something like that, 
instead of it just going to YouTube, it can go to, you know, filming videos at your LARP sessions and shit. But there's yeah, no, definitely any, potential. Any of that kind of growth would be uh, pretty cool. And I'd love to share just even just the rule system we've made or some of the lessons we've learned along the way with people. It's It's been an interesting experience. And there's there's some of the things along the way that we picked up into the game. We're like, this is, this is an easier problem to solve than we expected. And there's certainly some things, um, some unexpected issues that became uh, uh, real stumbling blocks. And I yeah, think- like, I mean, the pandemic is not in your control, so. Yeah. And it's also just um, kind of social issues with people. Uh, you know, if you're, whether it's a D&D game or almost any group, you're gonna encounter, uh, if your group grows to a certain size, Assholes. people that you gotta get rid of. Assholes. Um, it's okay, you can say it. They're no, not here. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah I and, understand uh, it. At that point, I just tell them, hey, them. call the fucking police. Like, if they want to bullshit you, call the fucking police. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's community management. And sometimes it's it's usually, like, a lot of the times it's not going to be something super blatant. Of course, if it's blatant, you'd just be like, get the fuck out. And, uh, you know, your community will back you and they will be on that. And the tricky one is when it's subtle things, little things, things that are hard to prove. And you've got you know this and that going uh, one way or another but you got to make a call about it and you'll, you're gonna have to own up to how people feel about that call we had a um we had an unpopular decision around uh banning a player from the game and we wound up losing maybe a fourth of our player base on that uh this was before covid uh and then covid was kind of a a one-two punch uh that dropped our player count down to maybe i think we went out to a game and had only about 15 people that was a little little tough for the camp space that we rent. See, and that's the type of stuff that you can easily bring up in a video without even really needing to have video footage from it. But yeah, you yeah. definitely could you could farm a market of the uh, what did they call it back in the day? Living vicariously through a LARPer situations because oh, yeah. I yeah. I couldn't bring myself to LARP because I don't hate it, but I'm that guy who the minute I see somebody you know, half my age and they say they're level 50 and they're like five foot two <laughs> and they're telling me how they could easily kick my ass. I'm that guy. Oh, you could kick my ass. That's adorable. <laughs> like, I'm not even mad. They're probably very accurate, but it's just really adorable for me when I see like people LARP and they are like the biggest badasses, but I know I could literally ankle swing them across a city street. I don't even want to stop them from enjoying themselves. I just, I, I can't be threatened by you because it's too adorable. Oh yeah. No, we, uh, we, we've taken steps cause we, that was, that was definitely part of the discussion of setting this up. It's like, all right, how well do we want the, this, this wayfish, uh, like hundred pound person to be able to reasonably compete with somebody who's got three feet and a suit of armor <laughs> over them. And uh, our conclusion was uh, basically, basically not very well. Like even like they can, they can get as much help as they can from the stats in our game. And it's probably not going to do it for them because yeah, ultimately, like, the only thing I could think of as a stat modifier, and this is coming from my mm -hmm. unusual, irregular uh, gaming uh, education and learning is the only thing that they could possibly do is if someone has a high speed stat, um, they're allowed to get a free strike or something 
on someone who could obviously they, take they them out things like that in uh in some systems there are some larp systems where you have a stat that's tied to like how many attacks you can do in a yeah. row and then you have to back off i hate those systems nah you just fight <laughs> uh max well, you HP have some weapons. four <laughs> yeah you've been asking throwing weapons in but yeah yep. um okay well uh before we get out of here you know xi you want to tell the good people over in youtubes the itunes the spotify's where they can find you oh yeah so you can find me on twitch for one at twitch tv slash uh jupiter exile and i was not able to grab any kind of cool youtube tag because some other guy with like seven videos has uh that tag on youtube right now so we'll just have a link to the youtube channel in the comments below uh, here's what you, you do put exile but then put a capital y and t at the end of it so you gotta do oh yeah that's a good move i got a little bit lucky with mine or mine is more like a double-edged sword and it is really <laughs> fucking annoying but you know it's oh, too yeah. popular at this point there's too much stuff i have with the name on it so uh yeah. i've never actually officially made an origin story video i probably should about this channel but token games was an actual company it was a virtual retailer they were set up on amazon but unlike yes. every other person trying to tax evade, we were actually registered with the state the business owner was my room yeah the business owner was my roommate um and i worked for him and he liked what i did but then i i crap you not business was good but his girlfriend got a college degree and uh i think a scholarship at a completely different state so he moved with her and decided to just not register the business with the state of new oh, york yeah. eventually they got married don't get me wrong i'm glad he found love but i'm like bro you didn't even have to like put that much effort into it. He just didn't, he literally told me he just didn't feel like it. Now, here's why I say it becomes a double edged sword. Remember that talk I had about quote unquote minority status? So, peep this BS. Sometimes people see the name Token Podcast, they know it's a group of people, oh. they know it's not one person, and they assume I'm trying to be some type of reference to the character from South Park, who is literally the embodiment of a token black character. Don't even yep. ask me. They just assume that's where the idea came from. I'm just like, uh, you know, yeah. you know, I, I I almost can't even blame you, which is why yep. I don't like, like, wring their necks or anything. I'm just like, I can't even <laughs> blame you for coming to that conclusion because you're yep. from North America and you saw the word token immediately didn't think of arcades and Chuck E. Cheese's, which had tokens because yep. it was a play on yep. words from arcade tokens, but also the idea the concept of an idea, a token suggestion or a token advice, you know? Yep. And it was a play yeah. on words like that. They immediately yeah, go- like the, the several other definitions for the word. <laughs> yes. They immediately go, oh, okay. So you're doing like token black thing because you want to give your opinion as a token black guy in gaming. It's like, no, what the fuck? <laughs> and uh, yeah. Um. So with that being said, uh exile i appreciate you for coming on and you know hey if you ever need anything or if you ever want some advice on something i'm around or if you ever need a spare editor when you get super big or something again i'm around <laughs> wouldn't be my first rodeo and you know i honestly think there will be some future content i'll potentially have you on but you know who can say um yeah all right with that being said i will see you guys in the next video and you guys have a good one thanks for having, thanks for having me, me.